Recording in progress. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Triple F podcast. I, of course, have got a guest on with me this evening, the man himself, the lactic addict, Luke. Uh, this guy is honestly a fucking godsend, I think, to this industry, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get Luke on. Um, you know, Luke's one of these guys that every seminar I go to, every sort of educational, self-progressive, self-development opportunity, Luke is there. Um, and you don't really see many people in the industry doing this nowadays, um, especially like, and I don't really want to bring it up because like age has got nothing to do with it, but at Luke's age, I mean, when I was Luke's age, we don't even want to talk about what Brad was doing at Luke's age, but... Like, to see this in the industry, like, it fucking motivates me. So, I wanted to get Luke on today. I wanted to talk to Luke. I wanted you to hear what Luke had to say. So, my man, the mic is over to you. Introduce yourself to the fine people. Firstly, thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. So, yeah, I'm Luke. I'm an online coach. I'm also a university student. And, yeah, that's probably sort of summing things up. Obviously, also a bodybuilder as well. And... Coach as well? Yeah, yeah, sorry, I said on my coach at the I start, I think. I Maybe. I missed that, I wasn't listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how long have you been doing on this for, bud? Like, for the listeners, some of these guys probably haven't listened to you, hopefully, some of them have. Um, but, like, how long have you been into. Let's start with bodybuilding first, because usually that's where it starts, right? Or did you start first as a coach? Yeah, so I started training. Like, first time I ever went to the gym was with my brother. Mm. Um, he took me down there, like, literally quite soon after I turned 16. And you know how it is. Like, you see, you see results doing, like, anything, chest on a Monday, all of that good stuff. Yeah, man. And for, for the first little while. So I've been training for five-ish years, something like that. And I'd say sort of two, three into that, I was, like, at the point where I'm like, not much is really happening now. Like... I'm doing the stuff I was doing before, but it's not working. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a bulk. I'm going to eat loads and loads of food. So that's what I did. I ate loads of food, but I didn't track any of it. Yeah. I didn't actually know what I was eating. I was just like see, seeing food and eating it and probably thinking about it now, probably two and a half thousand calories. Well, I've gotten up to 4,000 before, obviously I'm a lot heavier now yeah. and that's going to, going to play a factor. But I was very much in a position of, thinking I knew what I was doing, but didn't know what I was doing. And sort of over lockdown, I wanted to like look into things a little bit more. I found Fuad's podcast and then um, found like other people as well, obviously the Physique Collective and, and those, those have been a massive point in, in my journey. Yeah. And yeah, I sort of thought initially like, you're not a bodybuilder if you don't compete. You have to compete to be a bodybuilder. So that, that's what I did. Yeah, I, I prepped in 2021. It didn't go how I would have liked it to, but in hindsight, I didn't prepare appropriately. So that's that's the way it is. And that very much lit a fire, so to speak, to use the, the cliche term of like, right, I want to I wanna come back and I want to look way, way better than I did before. Yeah. And then, yeah, around uh, December 2021, I started coaching, took on, a few people for free to get some more experience and then yeah, taken, as you say, pretty much every opportunity I can to learn some more stuff. Like at the weekend I went to uh, Paul Standall, I believe that's how you say his second name and, and James Sutton there. Uh, like 
I've been doing their mentorship for the last six weeks and they did then sort of a, a live day exploring some biomechanics stuff. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. and I was actually talking to um, Holly about it as well because Davidge is very into her biomechanics and kind of training abilities. And, you know, again, that's a, something you were diving into, which many people just overlook. It's, it's again, you know, if we kind of revert back to the whole gym, bro, it's like, nah, man, we just lift weight and get big. Like, do you know what I mean? Put more wheels on bar and, and go, like... But there's more to it than that. And the more we know, the more we dive in, the more we educate ourselves, we can apply that to different level of clients. You know, we don't just want to just coach gym bros. We want to coach everybody. So, you know, that's one that I've known you do. I, I know you was at the coach convention as well when I was there with the Physique Collective. I think, I, like I said, there's pretty much everyone that I've seen you at and as well shows as well. So it's not just the educational side. You are the living, breathing epitome of what I believe an online coach should be. And, you know, I don't want to get kind of too cliche with it, but like you say, I think if you want to be one of those leading standing names in the industry, you do have to be about the industry. And that is, you have to do it yourself. You have to live and breathe it. You have to be educated. You have to be able to stand there and, and preach not only what you know, but also be able to do it in the same sense as well. So the fact that you've done all of those things already mate, you've got a much better resume than most coaches that I've seen. And, you know, it's something that I think I, I've said for as long as I've met you and as long as I've seen you as well on social media, I was like, this guy's going far in the industry because he's he's got it screwed on. It's just a matter of time before it just takes off, which is fucking sick to see. Um, but, like, going back to, like, your prep, you said it, it didn't quite go to plan. What, why would you say that was? What What about it didn't go to plan to you? So, so many things. So, like, firstly, I never did a proper muscle building phase beforehand. Like, I'd done the old, like, turbo bulk, eight weeks, gain as much weight as possible. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm getting really fat now that like, I need to do a mini cut and, and that sort of thing. So, I'd never done a proper muscle building phase, hence why I gained, what, 20 kilos when I finished prep in probably sort of six plus months of time. And yeah. I'd say a decent amount of that was tissue. A hell of a lot of it was body fat as well. Um, but that was sort of my first proper muscle building phase, doing stuff in a evidence-based way, not just seeing what other people were doing. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, that is a, a degree of evidence, of course. Like, anecdotal is really, really important, especially with what we do. Like, we're not going to be getting studies on people like ourselves, but not finding what works for me. And that was a huge thing that I took away from the, the mentorship day the other day. Is like, we were all, there were loads of us in the room, all doing the same thing. But this guy's feeling his quads. This guy's feeling his glutes. Like, why? It's it really, really weird and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I had very much not found out what worked for me. I hadn't done a proper muscle wooden phase beforehand. I wasn't overly fat, but I didn't give myself enough time, if you get what I mean. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, there's a, a lot of things there. And posing as well um, could have been a lot better. I would say out of the guys that I competed with, I was probably one of the better ones there, but looking back at it still could have been way way better which i mean still credit to yourself like i think we could all pretty much do that within our first show like i i spent six seven years of trying to progress before stepping on stage and i can even look back now and say you know what i probably went too soon i could have done with a lot more and same with posing i practiced for 12 months i still could have been much better you know we can always brush up on those things but i think the thing that you've taken away from it was like right cool i didn't like the way that feels I'm not doing that again. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to go away and I'm going to build. I'm going to come back with exactly those things. And like I said, your your growth from 
when I saw you on stage to now is it's just complete nuts. And again, your self-development within that, um, posing with the boys from the Physique Collective, Ryan and Leon as well, you know, you are one of those guys that's now got a flow with it as well. So is you know, you don't just talk the talk, you are there and go, right, cool, I'm gonna do this and I am doing this. So mate, it's credit. Credit where it's due. Much appreciated, much appreciated. So yeah, I'm thinking probably 2025 because initially I was thinking this year, but I don't think I'm ready this year. And next year I finish uni, I'd quite like to go traveling before I look to settle down somewhat and and that sort of thing, if you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of federations or shows or anything kind of in your mind or is it just 2025, that's the only thing you've got kind of fixed? I'd like to do at least one show with sort of each of the Natty Fed, so WNBF, UK DFBA, uh, BNBF as well, and just see sort of where I'd fit best, because I did two UK DFBA shows sort of last, um, my, my last season. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm and to made, made to look like a little boy by some of the guys. So you know Leon's client, Lewis? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I competed with him. He's just like a league of his own though, isn't he? Like when I first saw Yeah, him, he's a freak, man. I was just like, this guy's nuts. And then Leon was just like, yeah, he's in a natural federation. I was like, I quit. <laughs> I quit. Like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely like crazy. Some of the guys that he's got competing this year are the natural federations as well. I'm just like, what is even going on nowadays? And you know, you know, it's it kind of leads to the question as like it, like if I look back on my journey. I know I jumped the gun way too quick with going assisted. Like I had years of natural progression left in me. I just, the biggest guy in the gym came up to me and dangled it in front of my nose and was like, oh, you want to get big? This is what you need. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll do that then. Yeah, I remember hearing what your first cycle was and I'm like, <laughs> wacky. Yeah. How I came away from that one unscathed, I actually have no idea. And I think with it being that kind of like first time exposure, still being quite young, um, probably quite a late bloomer in high school as well. I think all of these things kind of like added together to assist in me not having any sort of repercussion problems in there. Like, don't get me wrong, like there's still some scar tissue from gyno that I had that needs to be removed. It's not crazily obvious, but yeah, 700 tests, 700 trend, and I think it's 150 anadrol a day as well. Like the first time exposure, yeah. I was like, Wild. I was like, oh yeah, sure. If this is what everyone's taking, it must be the answer. So, yeah, and that was that was my learning curve. Like I kind of went into that going, fuck, like this is not how things should be done or what people should be advising. And that's what then inspired me to go away and become a coach and educate, and so that I can go around telling people actually, no, that's that's most definitely not the way you want to do things. Yeah, like that was one of the biggest reasons for me of wanting to help other people because of like the stuff that I'd got wrong in the past. I like, spent in my first three years, like not even knowing what my fitness power was, yeah. like just training because that's what this geezer did over here and, and that sort of thing. And then thankfully, I'm in a position where I'm not going to make those mistakes when it comes to PEDs, which you could arguably say are going to be like the, the most dangerous out of sort of those those three things. But yeah, just like helping other people avoid those mistakes and ultimately like fast track their their progress, I suppose, because you you haven't got that learning curve to to go through. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that is part of the coaching process. I think you know we've all been there, we've all done it. And you know some of the questions that I ask 
like under coaches in the industry is just like you know what inspired you and it, it usually comes down to the same thing that the mistakes that they made over the years they learn from and then want to then pass that on to somebody else or you know not having the opportunity or prospects like joe's one that I fucking adore his mindset. And the reason he wants to do what he does now so much is because when he was getting started, there wasn't that opportunity there. So he wants to offer the, the, the apps, the seminars, the stuff, because if they were around when he was learning, it would have made life a lot easier rather than sifting through just forums and cheats and cheats and cheats of research. You know, and yes, we love doing that, but now we also have the accessibility of going to seminars or jumping on calls or jumping on podcasts and stuff and just learning and talking to each other so yeah maximizing that as much as possible and, and utilizing that as a coach and as a community i think is essential it's like the biggest time saver there is because you've got this person and their hundreds thousands of hours of experience yeah. and that they've spent like looking through the research working with people that they've distilled into this is probably what's going to work best mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. and yeah like that, that can be really, really useful for people for obvious reasons. Yeah. And I think one of the coolest things about it is there, there's, there's obviously the go-to kind of moguls of certain aspects, but everybody has their own experience. Everybody has their own sort of client base that they've learned from and, like you say, taken anecdotal research from. So you can learn from one person, you can learn from another person, you can learn from another person, and you can combine all this information and find your own methods of doing things, which is... One thing that I love doing, I love learning from Joe, I love learning from Dr. Scott, I love learning from Mike, I love learning from John Jewett, and then just going, right, cool. Like, everyone's kind of on the same barrier, but this one's a little different, this one's a little different. I'm going to see which one works. I'm going to see which one I enjoy. I'm going to see which one responds well with this client, which might not have responded well with this client. So that's the cool, science-y, like, fun side of it, I think, for me. Yeah, like uh, an example that comes to mind for me recently is that I, I've got this client and we were literally up in his food for weeks and weeks and weeks and he just keep dropping weight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on with your metabolism? <laughs> and we, we've got it, like, he's one of those people that's naturally like ridiculously lean and we finally found that point yeah. that we, he's now like gaining weight at a sufficient pace, if that makes sense. So that's something that I can take forward into the future and go like, okay, when we've got somebody who's sort of like this, maybe we might need to be a little bit more assertive than I would be traditionally and, and those sorts of things. Absolutely. And I think it's not, that, again, the beauty of coaching is just learning as you go. Everyone is so individual. And I guess like, you know, you can have one male that's a set kind of parameter of a male. Doesn't mean every male of that height, that weight, that training performance or that daily expenditure is going to be exactly the same. Like we all respond very differently. Like, I'm sure there's been so many times where Joe looks at what my physique does, he's like, this makes no fucking sense. Same with Leon. Like, Leon is just a fucking phenomenon. It just, it doesn't it's, compute. You know? It's just silly. Yeah. Like, if you combine me and Leon together, fucking hell. Like, the way that that guy grows and the way that I lean out, like, we would have just some mass genetic mutation. It would just be fucking ridiculous. So... It is, the, but that's the, the difference in two people. Me and Leon, like, on paper are pretty much the same, but very, very different on different aspects. Like, fuck me, it takes me ages to grow. Leon just looks at food and just mutates. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, like, he started his first prep and finished it the same way. It's like, what? Yeah, like, what is that? <laughs> Who what does that? that? He, he messaged me today. He's like, bro, you're going to do the same. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not built like you. <laughs> 
I can lose 12 kilos in four weeks, but I can't gain it and grow it through a prep. That doesn't work like that for me, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's absolutely wild. Because I, I started following Leon when like he was still working. I, I believe he did construction, right? Yeah, that's it. And then just like, the progress since then is just silly. Yeah, it's nuts. I think that was around about the same time I followed him, like before his first show. Because I remember we were prepping it around the same time. And I kept seeing him pop up and I was like, I fucking pray to God I'm not going against him. Because I can't <laughs> do it. Like, if I find out we're on the same show, I'm just not turning up. Or I'm just going to do a different fucking class because I ain't stepping next to him. Um, and I think we were like a couple of weeks away from each other. Um, and then that's how me and Leon got talking. But yeah, it's been nuts. Like, again, like opportunities within this industry of just meeting people like that, becoming friends and then working alongside them. Like, that's the coolest thing about what we do. Yeah, like when I sort of first started getting into bodybuilding, I didn't really know anybody locally, if that makes sense. And now like, all of the people that I would consider to be good friends I've met through Instagram. Like yeah. Tom Taylor is a great example of that. Like I think I think he we first started talking because he initially messaged me about like something I I think I shared one of my clients' form clips and he was like, Oh, this is another good good idea that you can add. Like just an absolutely awesome guy. And yeah, like we've become really, really good friends over Instagram and and that sort of thing. And it's always so cool how you can meet people like that because Locally, like, how many people are you going to find that take bodybuilding as seriously as yeah. somebody who's a coach who compete is probably probably not that many unless you live in like just next to Kings or in Rotherham and, and that sort of thing. Exactly that. Exactly. I, I said this the other day. I was like, unless you're kind of like central to kind of London or Manchester, you're not really in a mass bodybuilding community. Um, you know, I thought kind of moving to Northampton would be, and yes, there are more coaches here, but again, it's still very limited. You know. It's not until you get to like the real big city centers that yes, you have the like, exposure there. So, like you say, just I think you know for coaches or even as competitors, just having that social media aspect at all there is essential. And although Instagram can be a very negative place in regards to some of that stuff, it can also be used very positively as well. Yeah, it very much depends sort of how you you go about it for sure. Like I remember hearing Joe say something ages ago how he doesn't really scroll through Instagram if that makes sense. Like the stuff that I engage with is because it's popped up first on my feed and I'm like, yep, that person's a great guy or this is cool or something like that. So I like it or comment it, whatever. But I don't really scroll through it. And if I sort of catch myself doing that, I'm like, what are you, like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be working or, or just chilling out. Yeah, 100%. And this is, again, something that I've like for as long as I can't stand social media. I, I use it as a tool for coaching. That's it. I use it as a tool for advertising clients and stuff. But... I won't scroll. I like client stuff or relative stuff to bodybuilding. I'll allow myself like five minutes at the start of every meal while I'm letting that meal cool down and that's it. Just to keep things relevant. And like, I, I keep it as a strict tour. If I find myself just like scrolling like pointlessly, I'm like, right, that's not what this is for. Put it away. Um, and like you say, if you get wrapped up in that world of social media, it can be quite toxic as well. You know, I've spoken to... I'm not sure more so from a coaching perspective, but I know from a competitive perspective, they get very wrapped up in that social media kind of um, conform of this means that I am something unless I'm getting this many likes or I need to have this many followers to, to stay relevant. Otherwise, I'm not important enough. And I think that's a slippery slope in regards to this industry as well. Yeah, like... For, for the example of a coach, like, what's our metric of success? Like, 
getting new clients, retaining our current clients, getting people to stage in, in your case and, and those sorts of things. Whereas for a competitor on, on social media, like it's very much, as you say, likes, comments, engagement, those sorts of things. And as I'm sure you've heard, like that, that tends to not be so, so much in the off season and, and those sorts of things like as, as well, sort of comparing yourself to other people on social media is something I hear of a lot when it comes to like, Oh, this guy is going to be in my weight class and that sort of thing. Like I remember the guy that won my first show, 500 followers on Instagram. Like he went in, he went into the overall and beat half the men in there. And this guy's like 18, like quads that come off this far off his hip. And like, yeah. like what am I even looking at? Like that sort of thing. So you never know yeah. what, what's going to happen, but yeah, I bet it can be a, a vicious cycle as well, especially when you sort of get into like looking at what other people are doing and why are they eating this much food? Why are they training this much? Or why are they doing X, Y, Z? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you have this with clients, but this is this is one that I have a lot with my clients. They'll always be like, well, this guy's doing this. Should we do this? And I'm like, no. Stop watching what they're doing. Like, don't compare what they're doing. Like, is it, it's that kind of fear of potentially missing out or the, the grass is green on the other side when in actual fact it's not. And, you know, there's nine times out of ten that the person they're watching is probably watching somebody else thinking, shit they're doing this like do i need to do that like it's just this kind of like fear and i think that's the mindset of you know if you can if you can stay in your lane if you can stay focused on you and utilize what you're doing and social media just as a tool to do what you need to do it can be a very powerful thing rather than a toxic thing yeah i i still fall into this trap a fair bit like looking at people my age like why am i not growing at the rate they're growing or why are they stronger than me and things like that and then i'm like oh wait yeah that guy takes peds so that's probably not a very good comparison uh and like stuff business-wise as well like okay this person's got twenty thousand followers maybe that's why they're doing a little bit better than me coaching wise or or at least from the outside perspective and that sort of thing so I'll level with you. I've done exactly the same thing. Like, you know, one of the the, the first things that kind of kind of sprung to mind with me, I'd done a consult call with Christian, uh, I think it was over a year ago. Um, and I got on the call, started talking, blah, blah, blah. blah. He's like, oh, how many clients have you got? And I was like, 25. He was like, have you got 25 clients? I was like, yeah. He was like, you've only got 2,000 followers. I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, I didn't realize you had that much. And I thought, hold on, does, does that count? Does that matter? And I thought, oh shit, well maybe I now need more followers. Maybe that's an issue. Or, And then you start like going down this spiral of like, oh fuck, like that's my problem. I need to get followers. I need to get followers. And like when I got off this concept call, I was like, right, I need to up my social media game. I need to do this, this, this. And don't get me wrong, I did. And it, it improved things. But then I found I was chasing the wrong thing. I was like, hold on a minute. I got 25 clients off 2,000 followers. I was like, I'm not in a bad spot here. I just need to keep doing what I'm doing, just be fucking patient and let it grow. And, you know, I tend, I, I then found that I was like focusing on the wrong things and I was focusing too much on social media and trying to gain followers. And then I was like, shit, am I actually being natural anymore? Is this no force? And I was just like, yeah, I'm falling into like a problem with like social media now. I need to put it back. I need to go, I'm not a social media influencer. I'm a coach that uses social media as a tool. And then he just like, puts things into perspective again and I'm like right cool grounded again like I'm back in the real world this is a tool this is what I use it for it doesn't matter how many followers you got as long as you've got business coming in as long as you're advertising for clients and as long as your clients are gaining something from it and followers as well yeah like I I grow fairly slowly but I'm happy with the rate of that because that's not something that I 
sort of measure my mm. success on. Like, I, I don't really care. Like, if somebody referred to me as an influencer, I'd almost be offended. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not what I want to use this for. Yeah, that's exactly that. Someone said that to me. They were like, influencer, I was like, educator. I was like, no, I'm not that's not what I do. I'm not here, like, selling booty bands for, like, my 10% discount codes. Or herbal. Yeah. That's, what, that's why everyone's got small glutes. They're not using Brad's booty bands. Yeah, that's it. There we go. There we go. Me and Luke are going into business. We're going to start selling booty bands. But no, like, triple B, triple B. Yeah, there we go. There we go. But your social media is one that I wanted to bring up because like one thing that I've always said when I, when I did the whole social media thing, like I hated it. I only started social media kind of in lockdown when I decided, right, I'm going to go online. Um, and I was just watching everybody doing the same shit. And I was like, it's just the same shit. Just a different person doing the same shit. But I come onto your page and, like, the stuff that you put out is fucking brilliant. Like, you, you do the two clips, excuse me, mate, and then you're like, I think that's fucking brilliant. Like, the first time I ever saw that, I was like, this guy's fucking onto something here. And, like, the amount of times I've literally been pissing myself at it, and I was like, it fucking works because it's funny, it's engaging, and it gets the message across. I was like, you, you've, you've literally taken such a simple concept of taking an educational topic and just forcing someone to watch it and listen to it because it's fucking entertaining, which is social media in a nutshell. You don't see many people doing that. Yeah, like TikTok and that sort of thing especially is taking people from a position where they're happy to sit and watch a five-minute video to, if it's not entertaining, this second immediately, but I don't care. Yeah. So trying to do that has definitely been something that I've been working on and I've definitely fallen in, in the past in the trap of... Mm. Like, what is all the possible information that I could go for on this topic, if that makes sense, and making like a five-minute video? Obviously, no one's going to sit down and watch that. Like, my mum wouldn't sit down and watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So why would somebody who barely knows me want to want to watch it? So, yeah, breaking it down, putting it into sort of bite-sized chunks. Like, my whole goal with sort of my Instagram page is, like, somebody who's at uni, they can't afford a coach, but they really want to improve their physique, like, Watch watch all the videos on there. You'll be in a much better spot. Like that. That's my sort of whole goal with it: to have people like to give people the information they need. Yeah, hundred percent. And you nail that very well. Like I do a lot of uh, consults with people, um, like coach coaches or people who are looking to just improve and stuff. And when they come to like the the hiccup of social media, you're one that I will always refer to. And I was like, go and watch Luke. Go see what Luke's done. Like he. The, the trick I think to social media is you've got a split second to grab someone's attention. If you don't grab the attention in that split second, they're probably not going to watch anything else. So you need to be on it with that. And and the, the whole, excuse me, mate, like it just instantly, I was like, fucking nailed it. He's absolutely nailed it with that. And I think sometimes it is something as simple as a catchphrase like that. Like mine was fine, fresh and fucking fantastic. And it started in a prep and people just, grabbed hold of it and loved it and I was like all right cool I'm gonna roll with it and the reason was I wasn't fucking fine fresh and fucking fantastic I was literally balls deep in a prep and feeling fucking awful and I was just telling myself every day I was like well nah if you tell yourself you're fine you will be and then that's kind of where I coined it from and it is it's that one quick line that people are like, oh shit yeah snappy and people get it so yeah, I need to do a few more of those because all of the ones that um, this is social media strategy 101. So all of the ones that I've posted over the last three months, I filmed in December yeah. because I had sort of a, a month off from uni. I'm like, right, I'm going to sit down, do a load of content there and then sort of like slowly 
post that out if that makes sense. But that's pretty much all gone. So gonna um do a couple of things to hopefully make those a little bit better sort of this time around if you get what I mean. Yeah, sick. Which kind of leads me on to my next question. Like what is the next path for you? What's the next big thing? Like have you got more plans? Is it just more self progression? Is it like what's what's next for you? Personally just sort of carry on with what I'm doing. Like in, enjoy training more. Um well continue to enjoy training i mean like continue to enjoy life and have a life as well like a big thing i've been doing as well because i was always feeling like if i'm not working like i'm failing like somebody else is going to be working harder than me like again that's something you always see on social media up at 4am like smashing this smashing that and uh those sorts of things so trying to sort of almost give myself like an evening off or just do stuff like this which isn't stressful it's just nice to have a, a good conversation those sorts of things like that's when i'll record uh, the podcast with my mates and that sort of thing or literally just like chill out on the sofa if that's what i want to what i want to do um and same goes with like the weekends i try to be a little bit more downtime on that so i can then in, enjoy my work more I'm, i don't feel like i'm like dragging ass on social media if that makes sense like forcing myself to do it so that it can be authentic and then business-wise just continue to grow really like obviously over the summer um that's going to be a, a really really good opportunity to put as much attention as much of my attention as possible into that i know a couple of people locally um who are sort of into videography so it'd be really really good to, to get some more stuff like that done like an exercise library uh potentially some youtube stuff that we shall see and uh yeah like film filming at the the coaches that's a, obviously a very very good stuff to or place to get stuff done i would love to take on some people um in the future like more like myself further down the journey if that makes sense because at the moment i'm sort of coaching people um who i would say are sort of in the first like one to three years of where i was whether that be like they've had a bit of experience or they want to take things to a higher level or they are um like pretty much beginners if you get what i mean but down the line yeah i would love to take people on prep wise and, and get more and more into that but obviously that takes time to to progress to it, it does, but, you know, one thing that I found, it, it takes one client, one client to come to you for a prep, and that was Kerry for me, and then from there, it's, oh, shit, he can do prep clients as well, and then it's a snowball effect from there, and then the world's your oyster in regards to coaching. You can then be, I am a lifestyle client uh, client coach, and I'm also a prep coach as well. Um, it, it, it just is, you know, and I don't want to come on and, like, be cliche or, like, sound like I'm trying to educate you, but... It just is time, as you know. Like, there's a point where you were sat wishing you were where you are now. And again, it's such an old cliche saying, but it is true. Like, I have to remind myself every now and then going, fuck, like, I wished for this years ago. I didn't think this was possible. So I have to kind of ground myself every now and then and be like, do you know what? Like, not bad going, mate. Like, we're not there yet, but not bad going. So, yeah, like this is something I was planning to post up today in the sense of stop comparing yourself to other people, compare yourself to who you were like five, ten chapters ago. Like if you were to say to me, um, end of 2021, like this is what you're going to look like um, in, in January, in a year's time or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, hell yes, let's go for it. Whereas now I'm like, this still needs to improve. This isn't good enough. This is, you know, uh, how, how will you how will you go? The, the, the forever chase of something else in bodybuilding, is it? We never... We never take a moment to just sit back and think, oh, do you know what, actually, that's not too bad. We did quite well there. It's always that, what's the next step? What's the next thing? What's the next progression? So, yeah, definitely. I think that just is bodybuilding. It is coaching. And to a degree, I think 
it has to play a part. Otherwise, we'll just get stagnant and stay the same and become one of those coaches or bodybuilders that just never progresses and just constantly stays in a standstill. But the, the one thing I, I, I love that is you are very aware of your own personal time as well, which I think probably if you ask any coach in this industry, they're probably all very guilty of not taking enough time. I know like my own worst trait is that forever constantly looking at something else. Like I don't sit down or chill out or switch off. I'm always like, right, cool, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's not until I'm burnt out that I'm like, fuck, I've done it again. Like I've pushed too far and now I need to take some rest and now I need to chill. So the fact that you're conscious of that is very good. And putting those boundaries in place as well yeah. also makes what you're doing work-wise more productive. Like it was a, an issue for me uh, relationship-wise. Like you're always on your phone um, and, and that sort of thing, like working on this, working on that, which like is something that this person really, really respected about me, like my work, work ethic compared to people my age. But equally, it's not good for the relationship to not be able to get sort of get the time together, if you get what I mean. So saying to, to her, like, okay, can you give me three hours in the morning? I'll do all my stuff then. And then we've got the rest of the day and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, not, it makes your work better. It makes your, your life better. It makes you enjoy things more, which is obviously pretty damn good. Yeah. It's essential. And like, this is something that I kind of say to most people is that there is a life outside of work. There's a life outside of bodybuilding. You know, what are we bodybuilding and working for? It's not, uh, work more and bodybuild more. Yeah, okay, bodybuild is fucking expensive, but you know, <laughs> we still need to enjoy an element of life away from that. And that's one thing that I encourage all my competitors is that have something away from bodybuilding that you can enjoy, that you can have fun in, that you can switch off from work, bodybuilding, life, and just go and do something different. So 100% you need that in life. For sure. Um, I believe D Dean McKillop calls it life season. Is yeah, that right? That's it. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. It's like a, a, a nice way to put it. Like you've got prep, you've got life season. Yeah, that's exactly it. Life season. Enjoying the off-plan meals, seeing people, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. That's it. That that is the perfect balance of life. And um, I had this discussion with Victoria Felka when uh, we did the podcast together. It was that: Are you happy? Like, not in bodybuilding, not in coaching, but just life. You know what? brings you happiness what brings you satisfaction what brings you peace and you know it, that that question kind of dawned on me i was like fuck i was like i don't do anything other than coaching and bodybuilding i was just like there's happiness beyond that i was like what do normal people do and it kind of got me thinking about it i was like yeah shit i need to chill out a little bit <laughs> like i think i think it, it don't get me wrong like it is kind of like for me i want to turn pro like when it comes to bodybuilding. I'm not anywhere near that yet, but I will chase that pursuit as much as I possibly can. So yeah, sacrifices have to be made to the degree, but it doesn't mean I can't enjoy life still. So it was at that point I was kind of like, oh, I need to chill out a little bit and find something else as well as this because otherwise I'm going to burn out pretty fucking quick. Yeah, it's finding that balance between sort of enough enjoyment mm -hmm. that you're able to still make good progress, but not so little that it, it just like makes you miserable and you don't stick to it long term. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And again, it's something that you've displayed for as long as I've followed you. You know, you you are very clear with your direction. You're very clear with what you do and how you do it. You you study, you go to uni, you are also a coach, you're also a bodybuilder, but you have balance, you have life as well. Like your whole social media portrays that which 
I think it's putting out a very healthy message out to the industry as well and potential clients and followers as well is that I can do this very successfully as a bodybuilder, as a coach, and just as Luke, the person who lives outside that. Yeah, yeah, it's de- definitely something that I'm continuing to work on, but yeah. I'm glad that's all comes across. No, it's sick, man. It's sick. Bro, no, it's been fucking good. Um, should we wrap it up with some questions? Yeah, I can pull up the ones I've got. We can do like one each, yeah, and then, yeah, if, if that makes sense. I believe it makes sense. Yeah, I'll let you go first. Sick. Okay, let me pull them up. So from, uh, I think, oh, hello. I think a couple of these that um, we might have already covered through, like what made you start bodybuilding itself and coaching. We've done uh, DP Fit, who wins the pose down. I'm not on enough. I'm not on enough primo to do that. Sorry. So (laughs) we'll do it. We'll do it. To be fair, me and Luke discussed about um, having a, a training session soon. So we'll have a training session. We'll have a little pose down as well. When I drive back up to uni, I literally go like straight past Northampton, so we can definitely get that arranged. Mate, Corpus is sick here. I was training yeah. better bodies, and I went to Corpus like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? This gym's sick. Yeah, I know, I know a few people that train there, and it does look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, another one, John. Shout out to John, JCCC Training. Wait, that's more than one C. Anyway, do tattoos affect schools in competition? Do you want to answer this and I'll answer, or do you want to? I don't really know. Um, so it depends on the federation. I would say yes. Now, if you're looking at like a real close, tough lineup, and we're talking like split hair decision, if you've got like uh, one of my downfalls is my left arm. I've got quite a heavily uh, dark half sleeve, covers my shoulder, bicep, tricep. The likeness is you're not going to be able to see as much detail on that left side. Could it affect my placing? Potentially, if I was very, very close to, say, the person to my left or my right, if it was literally that split head decision, it could be something that goes against me. So it's something that I'm taking into consideration this year when I do my um, pro qualifier. I'm probably going to use some tattoo cover-up. So the fact that I'm willing to do that, is enough for me to say yes, it can and probably could go against you in certain circumstances. If you're a clear winner, then no. They're not just going to mark you down because of a tattoo, but it could affect the placing based on impairing the look, is probably what I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, another one, what, oh no, wait, I, I think I've done two. Yeah, you go. All right, um, so a question for both of us. What is your most useless talent? Um, I'm not sure I can do it anymore, but I used to be able to walk on my hands very, very well. I mean, I was half the weight that I am now, so I'm not sure if my baby wrist can handle the weight that I am now, but I mean, it's something... I think we need to get a reel of this. I'm not sure if I believe you. I think I need to try it. I mean, if I can still do it, that was probably my most useless talent because it was probably one of the only things I could do. I could walk up and down stairs on my hands. I definitely couldn't do that anymore, but... I might see if I can bring this talent back because I was very good at it when I was younger. I can't think of anything that comes to mind, to be honest. I was never, I was never very sort of like good at uh, like sports or things like that. And yeah, I, I can't think of anything. We'll come back to that one. If you think of something, just chuck it in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Next one I got. 
what would you say your biggest limiting quality is? Hmm. I'd say probably what we were talking about a minute ago. The fact that I don't recognize. No, that's a lie. I do recognize when I need rest. I don't listen to it. I just be like, that's fine. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. And then it's not until I'm burnt out and I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm cooked. Like I should have taken a rest or I should have taken a couple of days off. I've learned that. Oh, wait, well I always training. like to put it. Sorry, carry on. I've learned that very well with training because that's where I always get fucking injured. But I stopped doing it with training now, but I still do it with life. So that should probably apply to everything. Yeah, a way that I always try and phrase it to myself is what what would I say to my mum or my partner or my friend or one of my clients? Like yeah. I would tell them to do that thing, but we're just so stubborn and we're just like, no, I'm like better than that. Yeah. I can I can get away with it. Exactly. <laughs> and every time you're wrong. Yep. It is always that time when you sit there and go, nah, I can get away with this. And then you do it and you're like, fuck, I knew I shouldn't have done it that time. I knew that should have been the time I listened and just chilled out. Literally, literally. Um, so, I got a good one from the big KC. So, five past or present bodybuilders, male or female, you'd like to have a round table with for dinner. I'll let you go first on that one. Oh. I think James Hollingshead could bring some very interesting philosophical points to the conversation. Sick choice. That guy's a legend. Jay Cutler. Yep. For sure. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's just very, very cool. Lee Priest would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <You just need laughs> that would be pretty controversial. Like it's just going to be controversial on everything. Yeah. I think C-Bomb could teach us a few things social media wise. Yeah, I agree. We're not as, we're not as pretty as him though. So maybe that's the, maybe that's the problem. Yeah. I feel like he'd have to sit on this table on his own just to kind of like, so he wouldn't out anger anyone. So he wouldn't like, yeah, he just, he's got to sit over there, but he's welcome. He's just got to stay quiet and speak when he's spoken to. That's four. Uh, can I think of another one? I reckon, I can't decide between the two, Ron Partlow or Dusty Hanshaw. They're both just legends. Mm, yeah, tough one. Tough one. We're going to let you have six because that's a good choice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball and I'm going to mix it male and female. So I'm going to do five female, five males because I don't think males and females will go together because they'll just be too much like head biting. I'm going to say the females first because obviously where I coach more females, I feel like I need to be a little bit more adverted. So I'm going to say, um, I forget her last name, but her name's Iris. She actually has. Iris Kyle. That's it, yeah, yeah. She actually holds the leading amount of Olympia titles, but not many people know that because obviously being a female, she was kind of shunned out a little bit. I think she is an absolute fucking legend. Um, Helen Panther, because she's been in the industry for fuck knows how long, has built such uh, an industry model of gyms, posing, coaching, like she does it all. Um, Donna. I can't remember her last name. I think she's on social media as Don Diddley or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she, I I remember her from, you know, the workout mill. Do you, yeah. recall, do you know the, that gym? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she trains there occasionally with, I think, AJ. Yeah, um, yeah her, her partner. So I've seen her there a couple of times. But yeah, I know she's like quite sort of 
be into like making sure that females don't wreck themselves competing, mm-hmm. which is obviously not ideal. Yeah, she's very like absolutely fucking huge. Um, very much into our arts and creativity as well, which I think is quite cool. Um, who else? Hmm. Who was it who won Figure Olympia this year? My mind has gone blank. She's got the most fluid, water-like posing. It's unreal. Um, oh, what is that fucking name? I can't think. So when you when you said that though, I just remembered like Missy Trescott from uh, Fitness. Like she looks wacky. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that front relaxed is like what? Yeah, in it, in it, absolutely nuts. I feel like I need to throw in a bikini girl in there as well, but I can't think of any. Mm, I'm gonna go Phoebe Goodwin because I feel like she's a fucking legend. Um, that's gonna be my five females, males. I'm going to go Luke Sando, James Hollinshead, Alex Zane. I'm oh, sorry, Frank Zane. Um, I'm going to throw Arnie in there just for shits and giggles. And I think Bonnie's going to be in there as well. Just for the odd year, buddy. Like, lightweight, baby. Fair play. Fair play. Um, when, when the starters come out yeah buddy yeah literally that's it that's that's all I want in there for just just literally the iconic lines just if anyone says anything worthwhile yeah buddy like cool that's his input it's done I wonder how much he actually said that like in day to day life or if it's like a clip that got sort of found a couple of times and everyone's ran with it yeah that's it it got overplayed he, he might have only, only said it like once or twice but then it just literally it got coined. He was like, man, I said that once. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, we've just been lied to our whole bodybuilding lives. Literally. That's brilliant. A really, really good question here, actually. Um, as a coach, what's the hardest type of client to coach? So I don't know whether that means, like, prep versus lifestyle, somebody going through fat loss versus building muscle. But what, what's your thoughts on that? Um... It would, it would all depend on the individual, to be honest, because it, it can work both ways. Like, a prep client can be very challenging, but it would all depend on the prep. A lifestyle client can be very challenging. It depends on their lifestyle. You know, for example, I'd say probably one of the hardest people I've ever had to coach um, would be a combination. I, I've had three that really kind of, like, dig out. One was a... Um, client who was dealing with kind of like very very early stages of post-anorexia that was a very very delicate situation there had to be a lot of kind of communication with hospitals doctors parents it wasn't just as simple as like let's deal with this together there was so many moving components a very very rewarding client to work with and an incredible journey but that just took a lot of care like even to the point I had to be very careful about certain words that I used or certain kind of exposure to different things because there could be like triggering behavior and stuff. That was a very challenging one. Um, another one was when I was actually like a one-to-one PT. Um, I had a guy that owned his own business and he was working in marketing. He had a company. I oh, sorry, he had an office in Chicago and he had an office in Ipswich. And he was between the two from week on week. He was 
in Chicago for like five days, then I'd be in London for like two days, then I'd be back for like two days. And I was just like, this is fucking impossible to manage this guy's workload, stress load, sleep management, like always working in different time zones. That was a very challenging one. Um, yeah, so it's like where you've got those extra sort of degrees of complexity there yeah. just makes it so much less straightforward than when you get like a client who is just a robot. Yeah, exactly that. Like <laughs> you, you could have like someone chasing like an IFBB pro title who's an online coach that can work their own hours. They're going to be easy. Just like, right, this, 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 and this. Manage your day. Off you go. They're like, yes, sir. Three bags full. Let's go. Like apply that same goal to like Kerry, for example, who works in a hospital. She could be doing a 12-hour day and then the next day doing a 12-hour night. And I'm like, this is one next thing to another. I can't, you know, we can't be eating at this time. We've got to be doing this at this time. Wake up at this time. Train at this time. It's just so many moving components to take into account. So it's not so much the the individual, it's the circumstances that the individual in that I feel that brings the challenge. How many, how many cogs have you got moving? Yeah, exactly that. Like, that's you, you got to... I see it as like spinning plates. How many plates are they spinning? Because if it's just one, which is prep, easy. They've got 100% attention to put into that prep. So therefore, I would see it as they can just apply 100% into that prep. You know, if they're spinning 20, 30, 40 different plates, it's a lot of other shit they've got to balance on top of that prep as well. Yeah, I think we, we got that one pretty, yeah. pretty good there. But the, the standard coach answer, it depends, but we got a fair bit of detail in there. <laughs> yeah. Into individuality, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's quality. So last question I got was um, both of your death row meals. A very common podcast question, but I feel like it has its place. Sushi, steak and chips, and a brownie and ice cream. Solid choice. What kind of ice cream, though? I feel like that plays like a pivotal role. Just like something fairly light, so like salted caramel. I wouldn't be going with like a chocolate ice cream or a flavoured one. Like it wouldn't go very well with a brownie. Good choice. Um, I'm going to say to start, I'm in preps. So it's a, t- like a tough time to ask this question. because <laughs> You can't listen to anything anyone says food-wise when yeah, they're in prep. Know, right? Like it's just, this could be anything. Um, okay, so I'm going to say like to start uh, prawn cocktail. But like a real nice, like solid prawn cocktail, not like your typical shit ones. Um, main meal is probably going to be like some next level sort of like smash patty cheeseburger. Plain chips. I don't like the whole like dirty fries or anything like that. I feel like just a potato is a potato. It's fine. Dessert is a tricky one because I'm either stuck between like a cold dessert like a lemon cheesecake or something like a hot apple crumble with cold cold custard oh i remember when i used to have that in school that was like the like apple crumble and custard day was like the best day of the week yeah you know it was so good it's it's such like uh it just hits the spot it's sweet it's creamy it's crunchy like it just has the levels to it yeah one of your five a day as well yeah there you go there you go, simple. There you go, guys. Meal plan: apple crumble <laughs> and custard. Oh, bro, I'd love that on the meal plan. Yeah, that'd be sick. 
That would be sick. That'd be sick. La- last question. I thought I think it'd be good to end on this one as well. Is yeah. um, what would you like to learn more about in fitness or like bodybuilding at the moment? I think the the one thing that I'm really sort of directing my education towards at the moment is um, things that could help me more as an advanced contest prep coach, um, especially towards females. So. I'm heavily pushing my sort of education towards like um, enhancement within females, uh, female hormonal cycles, the kind of contraindications of people who have been abusing it, where we kind of go from there, how we fix it, how can we make, say, um, someone who has abused PEDs back into more of an optimal range, whether they want to be bodybuilding or whether they want to go back to life. That's sort of the direction that I'm going in mind at the moment. Yeah, I think that's really, really interesting. I'm still to listen to the podcast you did with Victoria, but that will definitely be a good one. Yeah, that was very good. That was, um, I did that quite late in the evening because of like the time differences. So I'd done like a whole day of check-ins, whole day of consults, everything. I was like, right, let's dive into this consult. And like by the end of it, I was like, fuck me, my brain is vibrating. I was so cognitively driven. Like I must have laid in bed for about three hours that night. Like can't sleep, can't sleep, can't sleep. Because literally I was just so driven from it. Um, yeah very cool podcast that was yeah I'll definitely give that one a listen I would say me personally uh, at the moment I'm definitely going more into the the biomechanics side of things especially after the live day there's a couple of things that I've like got to go away and apply or I've already tried that I found beneficial so to experiment more with that like helping clients would be really really good yeah I I agree it's one thing that I, I know a little about but I don't know great depths about um, there's one thing I actually want to hit Holly up about actually um, to educate myself more on that because it is very easy to just say oh yeah right this is a pull down this is the 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 range of motion that we're moving in but there's so many other kind of moving components to it that most people don't take into consideration and if we're looking at programming and, and set specifications especially on like physique development as well like it plays hand in hand, so yeah, I agree with that one. But I'd probably do that as well. Yeah, like what what's developing our physique? Yeah, training and nutrition. So we better be, uh, and obviously, like other stuff comes into that as well. But like we better be pretty good at all of those aspects, if that makes sense. Hundred percent. Yeah, like looking at an exercise and understanding like who's in to to put it that way, like what muscle is in a in a position to do the work here. How can we make it more or less of that? Yeah. And based on the the person because like i was saying earlier like everyone is slightly different we can get a good idea of what's going to be a good choice but person a and person b might find a a different outcome so yeah diving into that i'm finding really really interesting and uh as you said a a bit of a like brain scramble Mm -hmm. yeah it's intense isn't it it is intense especially when it comes to the anatomy side of things where i did my like um uh sports massage like when you dive real deep into that advanced anatomy it's just like whoa like and you you talk about like basic anatomy of like the muscles that we use every day but then you go into like the agonist antagonist you go into like supporting muscles around it like the amount of times i've gone and spoke to someone about an injury and like i'm reading off muscles they're like where even is that and i'm like don't worry it's just here your lower back and it's like oh okay and it's, it's not until you like dive into it that you then realize actually how much is going on. Yeah, I don't know what this is, but I do know that I hate whoever named it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Like, who the fuck thought of a sternocleidomastoid? Like, why name it that? <laughs> Literally. Yeah, exactly. Literally. <laughs> uh, quality, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been really, really good to, to chat to you. And it's Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Like I said, like, for me, I don't have the hugest following in the world, but, you know, when I see someone that I admire in the industry or that I feel is or needs to be heard or spoken about, yeah, of course I want to get them on, I want to speak about them. Of course I want other people to listen from them as well. So, yeah, man, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, great to have you on the podcast. We'll definitely have you on another one as well. We will definitely get that training session into. Film the, yeah. the, the pose down for the guys that they want to see. Um, I'd have to make a trip down to um, the gym. What was the gym? Um, Lacoach. It's uh, just outside Cambridge. Yeah, when he opened up the first one, I, I wanted to get down. I never actually made it down. But the second one looks sick. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. There's so much choice of kit. It's like, what do I use? Because I've got so many good options. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a dream. Well, bud, that kind of wraps it up. I've got a tank under my feet begging me for dinner. So I don't know if the people on the camera can see him hopping around like a fucking lunatic. But yeah, I saw him earlier, bless him. <laughs> he's, he's ready. He's like, Dad, come on, feed me. Feed me. Go away. I'll come speak to you in a minute. But guys, that <laughs> wraps it up with myself and Luke. Tank is clearly impatient and ready for food. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having Luke on the podcast. Uh, there will be more to come, more guests to come. As always, stay fine, fresh, and fucking fantastic. And I will see you all soon. <laughs>